Welcome to the Make That Money Honey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Joe, and each week I will be bringing you a combination of interviews and solo episodes with industry leaders in finance, entrepreneurship, and women in business. As a former certified financial planner turned financial coach and entrepreneur, I will be sharing my knowledge on how to have better conversations about money within your marriage, relationships, and family dynamics. I will also be teaching fundamental financial literacy about all of the topics that you wish you learned in school. This podcast will get you to think outside the box, create more abundance in your life, and improve your money mindset. So make sure to follow and tune in weekly, and it would mean the world to me if you shared these episodes with a friend and left me a five-star review. Welcome back for another episode of the Make That Money Honey podcast. Today, I am going to be talking about the rise of interest rates, how it affects our rental market, and the rising cost of living, also known as inflation, and how it's affecting our middle class. So this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. I live in Vancouver, BC, and that is one of the most expensive real estate markets in the world. I think it's like number four. And recently I received a letter from my landlord, actually it was a text message from my landlord saying that she is going to be moving back into the apartment in December. And at the time of recording this, it's middle of September, 2023. So I got this text message and it was something that came much to my surprise. Vancouver and Canada in general have very strict rules around evicting people without cause. So one of the main reasons that you can evict somebody is if they, if you decide, the landlord decides to move back into the property. So this is what she has claimed. And unfortunately, there's not really much that you can do as the tenant when you receive this kind of notice. The one thing that you can do is know what your rights are and have a look online at what the different tenancy rights are from a landlord perspective, if you are the homeowner and also from a tenancy perspective, because what we've seen happen over the past couple of years with these rise in interest rates is that people's mortgages have gone up significantly. And in many places, there is a rental cap increase. So you can't increase the rent each year more than a certain percentage. In Vancouver previously, it was one and a half percent. And in recent years, it's been changing there. I think they're increasing it to like 2.5 or 3%. But given the interest rates are so high, this does not keep up with the increase in mortgage rates. So if people are on a variable rate or their fixed rate is is up and due for renewal, it's pushing landlords' hands into a very risky business because if they are found to be lying about them moving back into the property, there are a few different actions that the tenant can take. So number one, the if the landlord, and, and these are in BC and Canada, so there might be different rules in other places. So you'd obviously have to check into it, whether you live in the United States, if you live in Canada, if you live in Australia, there will be different laws that will be around the Tenancy Act or some sort of act of similar name. And basically how it works in Canada is that if you are a landlord 
and you want to move back into your property, you must reside in that property for six months after you evict your tenant. So if the tenant has a way of proving that to that uh, their landlord hasn't moved back in, either by seeing an advertisement on some sort of a rental forum, or if they know their neighbors and can ask their neighbors what their names are of the new tenants, and if it's not the same name as the landlord, then the landlord can get in significant trouble. In Canada, they can be forced up to, to pay for up to 12 months of rent at whatever the current rent price was for the tenant. And this is a huge risk and huge expense to landlords. So the purpose of this podcast really is to look at it from both sides and to look at it from the rising cost of living and what the aftermath is on these high interest rate hikes. So for the upper class, so the wealthier people in our society, A rise in interest rates obviously is going to have an impact on their disposable income, but they are still going to be able to afford their mortgage payments, their loan payments. They may have excess cash that they're using to pay down on their mortgages or on their investment facilities, uh, loan facilities, I should say. So they're still able to make ends meet. But then we have the middle class, and the middle class is the class that is affected the most. These are the people that are generally living somewhat paycheck to paycheck. And I say that because you could have a couple of months of living expenses in the bank, but not necessarily access to hundreds of thousands of dollars should there be a big change in the economy. So if you are in the middle class as a landlord, you can only sustain mortgage increases for a certain number of years before it starts to have a very negative impact on your ability to pay those mortgage payments. So even if you don't want to move into your rental property, you may be forced to just in order to get your tenant out so that after the six month period has finished, you can re-rent it for a higher price. Now, this is obviously a big sacrifice. You would have to forfeit your existing property. If you own it, you may have to rent that out. Or if you're leasing it or renting it, then you would forfeit or give up your existing property. And then when you do rent your own property at a higher rate, you would then have to go find somewhere else to move. So there's a lot of mistrust right now in the market because tenants are being what's called rent evicted. So they're being forced out of their homes that are rental cap increased, um, sheltered, and they're being forced into a rental market that may be 30% higher than what they're currently paying. So for example, if somebody is paying $2,000 a month and they're forced out of their $2,000 a month property, they may be forced into a $3,000 a month property because that's the only thing that's comparable. So there's two ways that they can address this decision and that's either move to a smaller, less attractive property. Maybe it's older, it's further out of town, it might be smaller than their existing one, not have the same types of amenities, or they are forced to pay the higher increase in rent or pay that pay the higher rent of getting a new place that's similar quality or similar uh, style of property 
Or the third alternative is to move to a cheaper location. Now, a lot of people don't have this ability because they're being forced back into the office. They're now having to commute to city center again, and they have to stay in these downtown core areas. So all of a sudden, it's putting a huge price pressure on these tenants that is almost unaffordable to them. So they're either having to move in with friends, move in with family. And the problem is, is that the ones that are most effective are the ones that are on the lowest income bracket. So the lower income brackets, and let's call it under $100,000. And and I say that's low because our cost of living is increasing so much that in many city centers, you have to make $100,000 or you know, above $90,000 a year just to get by comfortably now between groceries, between car payments, student loan payments. You might have to support a family member if you have an aging parent growth, you know, gym memberships, all these types of things are all increasing in value so much that it's becoming very unaffordable for people to be able to survive in the city center. So employers are then having to make sacrifices and allowing more people to work from home, work remotely, because that's the only way that they can afford to sustain any sort of normalcy is if they're moving out of the expensive city centers, especially people that have children, they need multiple bedroom housing, and they're having to be moving, you know, an hour or two out of the city employers are having to then accommodate. So there are massive ripple effects that are happening right now in our, in our world, in our economy, because of this rise in interest rates. It's not just putting a price pressure on mortgage rates, but on rental increases, tenants being forced out of their properties, not being able to afford new properties in the city center, which means there are less staff available for things like coffee shops, grocery stores, clothing stores, and it becomes an increasingly pressure cooker for these retail type shops that are relying on the hourly wage workers. So what's happening is these people are choosing to live in less ideal conditions, whether they're living in three or four person dwellings, they're moving to outer city suburbs, they're moving to smaller towns because that's all they can truly afford. And it gets to a point where we have to eventually say, when is enough enough with the inflation? Because once grocery stores increase their prices, they're never going to reduce them back down once the interest rates drop. We're never going to see a backwards movement in prices. It's, it's irrational to think that the cost of new car purchases or grocery purchases or anything, even things like bottled water, it's all going up so significantly that even if we were to have a curb on inflation, we still can't make ends meet with these high interest rates because it's not just mortgages that are affected. It's people's personal loans, student loans, car loans. People are being forced to sell their vehicles, take public transportation, which is even more of a reason why they may want to move to a cheaper area because if they can live in a cheaper area, maybe the transportation costs are going to be reduced if they're working closer to home and and things like that. So 
there's a whole ripple effect of what is happening right now in our economy. And it's not just about curbing consumer spending. It's about our ability to continue to live a, a standard of living that provides a healthy lifestyle. If people have no money left over at the end of the month because they're forking everything out for rent and groceries, they're going to stop exercising, which is going to have an impact on mental health. It's going to have an impact on our healthcare system because of obesity and other illnesses. When we have mental health crises, we know that that has an impact on every other aspect of our society, on employment, on relationships, on divorce, on children. So where are we really going with this high interest rates? And what can people be doing to to make ends meet in the meantime? And a lot of people are making decisions now that they've never had to make before, such as moving back in with parents, selling vehicles, um, going through their house and selling luxury items, whether it's watches, handbags, shoes, jackets, things like that, doing a big closet cull. There's many different ways that you can free up some cash, but also in addition to that, people are being forced to take on multiple streams of income. So whether they're creating a passive income stream, learning a new skill online, being able to teach themselves something that they can do as a, as a contractor or a side hustle is becoming not only a luxury, but a necessity. So Next week, I've got a course launching called How to Create Passive Income. That's going to be a course that if this is you, if you're falling into this category, if you feel that this podcast episode is resonating with you, definitely check it out. But also the Money Mastery course that is live on my Kajabi course platform, which teaches really about cash flow budgeting and how to reduce your spending, how to increase your income, how to look at means of different means of investing and things like that. And just being really smart that when we're in a challenging time, like a recession, like we're in right now, it's hugely important to make better financial decisions. So eating at home more, drinking less alcohol. And I know a lot of people use alcohol as a bit of a scapegoat from reality so that they are numbing out to avoid their financial pain or stress or overwhelm. But all of these things cost money. We, we look at our ability to save. And if you're drinking a bottle of wine a week, that could be $40 a week, which, you know, it, it, over the course of a month, that's a lot of money, right? That's like 160 bucks. That could be your gym membership right there just for having that one bottle of wine. So there's all these little ways that you can go through your bank statement and have a look at what you can cut back on, cutting out the necessities and making sacrifices. Maybe you and some of your friends, if you're, if you're a single person, you and your friends are alternating cooking for each other because it's more economical to cook for more than one person. You're doing food prep on the weekend instead of binging Netflix and ordering a pizza. All of these little things are going to have a compounding effect on your ability to make ends meet during an increasingly inflation-based industry and, and economy. So if you are feeling the price pressure, which I know people of all demographics are at the moment, 
we can find ways of being proactive and not sitting on our butt and complaining about it, but finding ways to increase your income and decrease your expenses. That's ultimately what we want to achieve right now. And so if you do work from home, if you don't need to be in a physical office, maybe you are considering moving a little bit further out of town. Maybe you are looking at a place that is just a little bit less fancy than yours if you're being forced out of yours. So there are many different sacrifices that we can make and just know that it's not going to last forever. We're not going to be in tumultuous times like this forever. Our economy will bounce back. We will see increases in wages. We will see bonuses being paid out. We will see mortgage mortgage rates declining and things like that. So it's just a matter of being patient, having a good financial strategy that can allow you the flexibility and freedom to take a step back during times like this and not have to stress because you know that you've put things in place in order to cover this extra cost of living. So whether it's an emergency cash buffer account, whether it's some investments that pay you an income stream every month or dividends, things like that, these are all strategies that you can do to set yourself up to prepare yourself for financially tumultuous times because it's not about if they will happen, it's about when, and we need to be proactive and be prepared in advance of when they happen. Because when we start to see a recession, when we start to see increasing interest rates, by then it's too late. So we wanna be on the front foot and starting to put money aside, whether you put it, you know, even if it's $20 a week into a savings account so that you've got a backup plan in case anything happens to your job, in case you're forced to move into a more expensive place, all of these kinds of things require some sort of financial fallback plan. So if this is you, definitely check out the Money Mastery course, which is a bundle of 16 videos and workbooks in the link in my bio. So sandrajo.com forward slash links. You will then find how to access my programs from there. Check out Money Mastery, how to create passive income, how to destroy your debt, and how to invest in your first property. I hope this was helpful and it sounds a little dire, but we are going to come out of this alive on the other end. So be positive, do the little steps, you know, every little step and sacrifice counts towards your future. So even though we may be able to afford to not be rushed into making financial decisions like this, it's always better to be on the proactive side of things than reactive side so that you are ready, ready and prepared when we do experience tough times. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time and be sure to watch out for my courses that are going live next week. Thanks for listening. And if you love this episode, please share it to your Instagram story and tag me at sandra.m.joe. I would be forever grateful if you left me a five-star review and sent it to a friend so that I can reach as many people as possible. For more information on my financial coaching and how we can work together, check out my website at sandrajoe.com. And until next time, have a great day and go make that money, honey.